Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 24th of April 2012. As I say every day uh, that I come on, I say try and use the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com while it's there and you, you can really find so many free audios where I go over the big system we're born into and your parents were born into you before. Each, each generation is born into a certain part of the plan, five-year plans, 20-year plans, 30-year plans, and so on. That's the system that we work on under, and it's on the go for well over a 100 years. Of course, it's to bring in a new scientifically controlled society, basically expert controlled. And the big boys who set it up also set it up a long time ago through their big organizations to take over all the resources of the planets and everything in it. And that, that includes the people too. They decided a long time ago there was just too many people for a post-industrial society and that's what they were going to bring in a hundred years ago. They knew what their plans, of course. And, um, and then came the whole demand for, for abortions, uh, reducing the populations. Wars were awful good, they said, but not, they didn't kill enough. Unless they used nuclear and that was too dangerous for the, for the high fluting characters at the top, of course, they would be affected too. So they came up with other ideas to bring the populations down, increasing diseases of all kinds. And in the West, it was to be crippling diseases, disablement, in other words, that would bring down as well. Other countries and third world nations would be brought down much, much quicker. So we're living through a planned society. It's not pleasant at all. It's nothing like the one you can, you've been brainwashed to believe. Uh, democracy never existed, uh, except in your imaginations. And, of course, the media works for the big boys who work the foundations, who own the foundations uh, that run the world, the big think tanks, etc. So happy to see after the audios. And remember, too, that you are the audience that bring me to you because I don't bring on advertisers as guests. And uh, I came on the suicidal way thinking I could try and do it with donations and selling books. But even selling books is no point because they're immediately uploaded to the nets and folk get them for free. So that can push it out the picture, doesn't it? Um, some of them, of course, are definitely organized to cut away the, 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 the rug from underneath you. If you can't sell your products and they give that for free, just like what Murdoch did, by the way, to his competitor in Britain, he, he hired another company, and he had a company in Israel, and they produced all these cards, free cards for cable TV, for a, for a competitor, and gave out millions of them. That's the, that's the other big Murdoch story, which they're not touching, actually. So that's how they, they can put you under. Anyway, I've, I've hung on this long, and it's up to you if you want to hear what I've say, I say or continue. Anyway, uh, if you want to buy the books and discs that I have, uh, and without getting viruses, you can order from cuttingthroughmatrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can use a personal check or an international postal money order, or you can use PayPal. Some people send cash. Across the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, again, PayPal. And remember, straight donations are really terribly welcome. I try uh, to say and, and give you the history behind the big system that we've taken all for reality. Uh, 
and how it's how it's created, how it was created, in fact, and the, the big uh, early uh, psychologists of the time came on board with them at the very beginning, the ones who already had histories of how to control nations and control nations even with the religions in them and bend their religions to their own uh, profit as well. So these characters were not uh, novices by any means. They already owned the world trade routes and most of the trade of the planet, and they went after the whole lot via the British Empire. The U.S. took over that, and you can find all of that stuff in Professor Carl Quigley's books, Tragedy and Hope, and the Anglo-American Establishment from the horse's mouth, since he was a member. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the Matrix. And the Matrix really is the system, the evolution that we live in, and how it's taught to you from your parents initially, because they were conditioned, and they believe the system's all quite real, and and they can't figure out any other type of system, because they have had no exposure to any other kind of system. And you take up that point, and then you go to school, and then your initial indoctrination begins. And you're taught immediately to compete with each other, of course, competition, competition, competition. And, uh, and of, of course, that leads into the workplace too. Uh, and then, t- then of course, the, when you think you're competing and you're getting a job in the workplace, then they amalgamate countries together through pacts and deals and even completely amalgamate them like Europe. And then they tell all the, the ex-nations to, to, to still compete against each other. And then they get trading blocks of all countries, and we're supposed to compete with China and, think, and ridiculous things like that. Well, who is they? Who's they, eh? These are the guys who run the establishments at the top, the guys who manage the monetary system, because you see, the money boys set up this system at the very, very top a long time ago. Those, I don't mean just money. The, the wealth they had wasn't only in money. Uh, it was in land across the planet for the British Empire. It was all the trade routes and the shipping uh, and, and so on. You see, the merchant bankers, they called themselves at the time. And, uh, and they, they, got, they formed their own clubs. They had the, the best spy ring, even in the Napoleonic War. They had a fantastic spy ring. Uh, Rothschild himself had a, a whole fleet of ships that could get, a, get messages back to Britain before anybody else could. And they never, ever decided to give the people democracy. So when people started with the Chartist movement, etc., demanding rights, they, they said, okay, okay, we'll be good and give you rights. But of course, the whole idea is to bring in a, a system which simply stops you from rebelling every four or five years. And that's, it's been awfully successful, really, when you, when you look at it. And then people think they've got rights. And it isn't until they try and exercise the rights they have that they find out they're, they're pretty well nonsense. It's like, it's like the tools are all made of rubber, and and you you try and bounce the, the, the you know the, the the pick off the road and it bounces, or you're passed around different um, part departments that can't help you, etc. etc. This is a a totally planned society we live in, right down to population numbers, and even right now they're even talking about males or females. You know, who should they kill first in abortions? If they want more males, that's good for, for a war down the road in 20 years' time. 
and um, and that kind of thing. So that's really how they figure things out, micromanagement. But the general public never see it that way because they're taught to see it a different way by the, the TV media spinners. But we're, we're really farmed in a sense. And Charles Fort said it very well. We're, we're farmed, he said. And we are farmed by the good shepherds. We're the sheep. They, they need the sheep. And, of course, in times of lots of wars, like the British Empire across the whole planet, they had to have lots of sheep to go off and get slaughtered and just enough sheep left to win. And um, and that's how they got their empire in the first place. And the rest of them were dying off in factories doing 16-hour stints, seven days a week sometimes. And um, and that's the reality of our glorious past. The glorious past that they keep changing over and over because they don't want the next generation or the next generation to know uh, how your grandparents or great-grandparents suffered and what they had to put up with. You're given utterly fic- fictional stories about the, the Victorian eras and things like that. Utter nonsense. Everyone's suddenly middle class and dressed so wonderfully. They don't show you anything about the peasantry, the ordinary folks. It's too depressing. So, as I say, we're going through the next phase of the plan, and it's so much happening now because so much is coming together in the plan. And, of course, it's the world government. Everything is global, 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 and global governance. And we also have the European Union threatening its members to, if they want to impose the austerity plans now that they've plundered them all uh, by uh, getting them to sign agreements to bail each other out, like forever. And when the EU tells a country like Britain to do so, we want another $24 billion by Friday, you've got to have it or they fine you. This, this is what a treaty. What a, what a great treaty. It's a treat all right for the ones that get the cash. But the whole idea is to put every other country in, in the hole so much they'll never, ever, ever get out of it. You've got to remember Britain only came out of the debt that they owed to the bankers from World War One in the late 1990s. They're still paying for World War Two in Korea and Argentina and so on. And now they'll never pay anything back. It'll take hundreds of years to pay it back because the whole object is to get them in the whole, to such an extent that the IMF is in charge of the countries, as it was designed to be. You have to really, as I say, go into Carl Quigley's books, The Anglo-American Establishment, Tragedy and Hope, to see how they set up this uh, banking cartel and how they would get the countries to sign on as though it's somehow official that the World Bank is really a World Bank, this private collection of clubs and banks, And then the Bank for International Settlements is to be the big, big honcho that runs the world. And and then you have all these privatized central banks under the umbrella of the Bank for International Settlements. And the IMF is the the, the big company, um, again, private, that comes in when you default on your loans. uh, You can't afford the interest. And they come in and they run your country. And they slash your health care to the bone. And they slash welfare to the bone. And, and they create utter chaos and misery. And they will not change this system, you understand, because those in charge need this system. That's how they have so much control of juggling money and, uh, and uh, you know, incessant profits of debt. debt. And, of course, it's not just debt. It's, it's multiple debts all over the place with compound interests. So it's, not, it's really a tool. It's a hammer. There are many ways to wage war, you understand. And the most effective one of all is really through economics. 
And these boys knew that a long, long time ago. When it comes to using hard power, you know, like armies, they just tell prime ministers to go to war with who they want. And But the rest of the time, it's soft power. It's done through legalities and, and legislation and international meetings from clubs that formed like the G20 and the G8 that literally uh, isn't written in anybody's charter of rights or constitution. simply isn't there. When prime ministers and presidents get together, form their own club, and they start dishing your cash across the planet. You see? And we take it all for granted, but the folk who grow up with that system, oh yeah, the G8, oh the G20, they'll think it's always been here like gravity. These are all someone's ideas. And ideas like that that affect everyone must, should really get put to the public everywhere. Do you want this or not? And of course, you would need to have the absolute truth of everything they plan to do. And you'll never get that. For reasons of national security. Which covers everything. Now this other big con that's meant to have total control every, every, over everyone's life is the, the carbon con and the global warming con. And I've mentioned before, if God himself came down and said, it's, it's all nonsense, it wouldn't matter. It's written in stone now, you see. And they'll go ahead with it, knowing that uh, folk will get used to it within the next generation. And the third generation will think it's quite natural. Just like you, you, it became natural just to pay taxes. Like temporary war taxes became, <laughs> became your income tax. The victory tax in the U.S. and temporary war tax in Britain. But as I say, the third generation thinks it's all quite natural. And no one's going to tell them otherwise. And all the histories go down the memory hole, especially now with the internet, that's so easy to do. But this carbon uh, trading scam eventually is going to come down to the individual. And big corporations are given free carbon credits to start off trading by your tax money, of course, millions and millions of dollars. Some have already made raped off, raped millions more in, by the way. But eventually, when you get to pay your carbon taxes, you'll find a new type of bank forming. Same guys, of course, and these guys will end up owning you, millions of you, because you're in debt with your carbon taxes, and these are the carbon boys, not the carbon gods. So this is where it's all supposed to go, and they'll come into your life and start dictating how you must live, how much you should eat. I already mentioned this whole so-called well-being program that Bang Kai Moon started off. It was first written up by a think tank firm, of course, how to implement it and do it, even the name for it. And they're going to teach you that your, your well-being is, is more important than your, than your income, really. Even when they say gross domestic product, they're really talking about your income. So you're going, to, you're going to be taught to be really poor and on rationing and pay high uh, expenses for every little bit of electricity that they allow you to have. But you're going to be taught to be happy with it. And they can. Don't, don't, don't laugh at it. These characters with the, with the neurologists working, neuroscientists, uh, behaviorists, psychologists, psychiatrists, they've been at this for a long time and yet they can, they can certainly do it. They've already brainwashed a very young generation of leaders across the world through various organizations who will be up there just like Gillard in Australia and they're going to be utter fanatics and they're going to be ruthless. I mean ruthless folks to bring all this in. Now, recently, 
Canada, the states, Mexico, and other Latin American countries had their Council of the American, uh, Americas meeting again, where they signed a whole bunch of deals. They won't tell us what they signed, but of course part of it is carbon trading in the Asia-Pacific carbon markets to take off. So this article here says, Com- Combat in Australia predicts that Asia-Pacific carbon trading pact. He says, um, he says, Climate Change Minister Greg Combat says Australia's carbon trading system could eventually be linked to those in China and other Asia-Pacific countries in a system which would eliminate competitive disadvantage between the region's economies. We're all regions now, you see. And you can go back into um, the United Nations. They were putting out maps in, in, 19, in the middle of World War II about the coming regions of the world. If you think we're just bumbling along, go back to the past because they're right on with the regions. I'm back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm back. I'm talking about carbon trading and how this is a really big one. What a fantastic scheme for those at the top, where corporations are given multi-millions of dollars to start it off with, and these carbon credits, they call them. And uh, they're putting all the, the whole machinery for it. It's all to go through the Rothschilds' private bank, their own family bank in Switzerland. Uh, in fact, he proposed the darn thing for Britain, Lord Rothschild. He was the one who came up and put the bill forward for that. But... um. Not bad, eh, when you're at the top at that level. But it says here that um, Mr. Combat's in Beijing to speak to officials about how Chinese carbon trading systems will work before heading to South Korea, where legislation is currently before Parliament. China is preparing to run pilot carbon trading schemes in Beijing, Shanghai, Tianjin, Chongqing, uh, Shenzhen, Hubei, and Guangdong, major cities with a combined population of 250 million people. The government's goal is then to introduce a national trading scheme by 2015. By the way, that's the rate, too, that other, all the other countries want to be in in 2015. Once China and South Korea start trading carbon, Mr. Combit says there can eventually be an integrated Asia-Pacific system, which should also include Australia, New Zealand, California, and parts of Canada. And parts of Canada, if you wonder why I'm reading this one. And it says um, Australia and New Zealand have got emissions trading schemes. California has got one. Provinces in Canada are introducing emissions trading. Korea is introducing emissions trading. There are these pilot schemes being generated within China, he said. Now, you know it's a con from the beginning in so many different ways. But the thing is, how is collecting all this cash going to stop emissions? There's nothing to do with it, you understand. This is a new economy for the big boys at the top. There's never enough cash and, and power at the top. So it's really power. In the Asia-Pacific region, there's a scope in the years to come for us to develop quite an integrated approach. And a common carbon price could evolve from that between our economies, which removes any issue of competitive disadvantage, which is a lot of gobbledygook. And this is why I'm putting out an effort into this particular issue in China and Korea at the moment. It says they include a government commitment to reduce whole country's carbon output per unit of GDP by 17% by the end of 2015, by whopping 40 to 45 percent by 2020, it's even worse in Britain. I mean, eventually, if you went, if you followed it at all, you'd have to stop breathing. Never mind heating yourselves; you'd literally have to stop breathing altogether. 
So it's it's all been uh, all these things are agreed in advance. We never hear who's doing what and who's signed into what, and and it's all done above. You know, this is democracy for you. You know, transparency like frosted glass in your toilet. Uh, so that's really what's going on. And I'm also putting up links to that crazy ar- article that came out about uh, the weeping four-year-old girl accused of carrying a gun by TSA officers after she hugged her grandmother while passing through security. Just one of the many things that happen with this farce and these paranoid potato guys that are dressed in black that come up and grab you or tackle you or something, thinking they see guns everywhere. Probably the stuff that they're smoking or swallowing or whatever. I'll put that one up too. But also, I've mentioned before how society is always brought to a particular stage uh, before you go into the next phase, the next type of world system of empire. And as empires crumble, we see the same old scams that people are taxed to the hilt. Uh, the elite always seem to move somewhere else, but now it's a world system, a world government, you see. And they always bring in the same old things. It's excessive sexuality, promiscuity, sadism galore all over the place. And this article is about swingers clubs uh, in Britain. I think it's going to be a whole chain of them. And, uh, and of course, they pay for single females to come in and things like that. But everyone's welcome, it says. I'll put that up to show you where it's all going. And... This is all part of the strategy is to take you down and, and you lose all morality. It's odd how folk, you see, when you've lost all morality completely, that's, morality is something to do with your own ability to decide, you understand, to decide what's right, what's wrong. And it's so easy to go the wrong way. It's always easier, in fact, to go the wrong way. And you always suffer for it, personally or, or collectively. That's just the way it is. So this is how you bring society down before you pull the plug on people and bring in the new system of totalitarianism. We're getting a taste of totalitarianism, but the real implementation comes when everyone's completely degenerate. And in Ireland, I think Southern Ireland's the only country that really hasn't have a pro-abortion system working. And this article is from Belfast. And it says a private member's bill in Ireland proposes to overturn the Republic of Ireland's constitutional protections for the unborn. What a society when you have to get protections for the unborn. Huh? I mean, you actually need them. And includes a provision penalizing pro-life sidewalk counseling with one year in prison as a sentence if you try to counsel folk and give them alternatives. The so-called medical treatment bill, it was tabled by the Socialist Party, uh, member Claire Daly, as the first ever private member's bill backing abortion to introduce the, the Irish par- into the Irish Parliament. It would legalise abortion up to birth in cases where the woman's life is in danger or if she's threatening suicide. Pro-life advocates have pointed out that there is no evidence that abortion is necessary to protect women's lives and that life-saving treatment for pregnant women is already available. So uh, here's the socialists again, uh, who always want to bring down the populations and, and have no children. The same stuff that they brought in immediately into, the, into Russia when they brought this, when the Bolsheviks took over. And uh, it's just the same old thing, same old, same old, same old, same old groups. That's why politics is of no use to us right now, you understand. You simply bounce from one side of the tennis court to the other, and it's all rigged. Back with more after this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi folks, I'm back, cutting through the matrix, and it's astonishing really what reality is. People have mentioned last night too, uh, you often wake up to uh, this understanding that everything out there is fake. And initially, because it's so overwhelming, if you, if you feel so small and tiny and helpless, what can I do here? Uh, because the system is completely rigged. Of course, most folk go off and join a pre-existing group. Uh, that's that's left-wing, right-wing, whatever it pretends to be, and you go back into the political game of getting the right candidate in who's going to just make a, a wonderful utopia for you. And, of course, that never, ever, ever happens. That's the con. And, really, we, need, we do need a new system. We, we definitely need a new system, but not this system at all, because it's not intended to help the people of the world at all. It's intended to in a Darwinian sense, make sure that the elite who have deemed themselves the most evolved of all creatures should continue on down through time, while the rest of us simply serve them and die off in the process, without breeding, basically. They believe that science can breed more perfect slaves, and they have articles out now, perfect slaves for the future, etc. And I'm not kidding about that. This is not science fiction. This is reality. This is reality. And uh, I'll put a link up to, from 19, I thought it was 19, oh, uh, or 2000, actually, it was 2006, I think it came out. Dr. Doom, the professor who got the ovation, uh, standing ovation at Texas Academy of Science for talking about killing off a good part of the population. He said Ebola was fantastic and stuff like this. This is how they talk, and the, the guys who think they're part of the, the, the special groups, they're getting up the ladder, they think, and, and they'll be saved from all of this. Mayhem that will hit ordinary peasantry. But they're out there, and, and they've all made statements about this even long before this. In fact, uh, those who took, took off with the Darwinism really used it as a, as a, a, a battering ram to, to, to alter society, break down existing moralities, and get us all into believing that we're just nothings so they can do with, with us what they want to do. And we go along with it, unfortunately. And another link tonight, too, is to do with the farce of war. I mean, the farce of war is just creating a bigger empire. And, you know, they've mentioned before in the U.S. that they're creating an empire. Uh, some of the top reporters reported the stories from the top advisors of Bush Jr. at the time when he says, we're, we, you know, we're an empire now. That's what he said. We're an empire now, and we shall create a new reality for you. And when you're studying that reality, we'll give you another reality, and then you'll study that too, and so on. And that's just how it will be. We'll make realities, and you'll just follow them. Uh, they're not kidding. This is how they discuss things at the top. They do give us realities. But empire is empire, and of course Afghanistan is part of this big empire. So this particular article is about U.S. troops who were wasted in Afghanistan with the, the drug trade because uh, when Bush took over and they kicked out the Taliban, now the Taliban had stopped all poppy growing because they didn't want their own folk to be um, degenerate and, and drugged all the time. 
and they stopped the, the poppies from being grown. And the first thing they did when they went in to protect the fields, the U.S. troops and British and other ones, was to get the poppies growing again and get the heroin trade, because heroin's made from opium, get it blasting. So anyway, the article is interesting about the troops uh, hooked on drugs like crazy, even uh, stealing now from the medical uh, facilities they have to get more drugs. But the interesting part really is at the bottom, it says... Opium is a key revenue source in Afghanistan, both for the farmers and in the insurgency, which can make money. Uh, of course, who's an insurgency? Well, that's the troops folks that we send in there that protect the fields. Why do you think we're protecting them? They aren't, they aren't putting weed killer on them or pulling them out and weeding them. It says, uh, it says they can make money selling, transporting, or processing the drugs. According to the United Nations report, revenue from opium production in Afghanistan soared by 133% in 2011 to about $1.4 billion, or about one-tenth of the country's GDP. And that's nothing to what they sell abroad once they've refined it as heroin, of course. And everyone forgets, even the Contra scandal went on, where you've got this elite group within the U.S., uh, arms for drugs deals, and this, the drugs were also all sold to American youth to get cash in for black budgets by their government. They're there to help you, right? They're there to help you. Another thing, too, is to do with um, James Lovelock, of course. He was one of the big gurus who came out years ago. And uh, came up with the Gaia theory, and, and of course, oh, Gaia's, you know, Gaia, the, the goddess of the earth, is hitting back. It's all what's been done to her, like it's a real, you know, thing, a real person. And folk took off with that. And of course, the big boys used that for the Club of Rome and all the other groups that were going to bring us into slavery. And uh, but anyway, he, anyway, he's come out and he's recanted because he made incredible predictions, like they all do. Sold a lot of books, mind you. It's a great money maker. And it says. Um, uh, writing the British newspaper, The Independent, in January 2006, Lovelock argued that as a result of global warming, billions of us will die, and the, and the, and the few breeding pairs of people that survive will be in the Arctic where the climate remains tolerable by the end of the 21st century. He's been quoted on The Guardian that 80% of humans will perish by 2100 AD, and this climate change will last 100,000 years. According to James Lovelock, by 2040, the world population of more than 6 billion will have been culled, killed off by floods, drought, and famine. Indeed, uh, it, the people of Southern Europe, as well as Southeast Asia, will be fighting their way into countries such as Canada, Australia, and Britain. And then what, what he said to MSNBC is a major climb down from his earlier theories, right? He says, the maverick scientist became a guru to the environmental movement with his Gaia theory of the Earth as a single organism, has admitted to being alarmist about climate change, and says other environmental commentators such as Al Gore were too. Because it's a big agenda. Or they always scare you and come up with a solution, right? Uh, Lovelock92 is writing a new book in which he will say climate change is still happening, but not as quickly as he once feared. He previously painted some of the direct, the direst visions of the effects of climate change, and in 2006, an article in the UK's independent newspaper, he wrote that before this century is over, billions of us will die, and the few breeding pairs of people will, be, will survive in the Arctic where the climate remains tolerable. And then you got another article here about the same thing, and it's um, from the Examiner. And it says he's, re- he's re- retracted his alarmist views on global warming, 
uh, you know, recants his position that the world is headed for catastrophic change in climate. And it says, it says, all right on NBC, MS, MSNBC, he says, all right, I made a mistake, he says. A mistake, he's terrifying. I read articles here where there were couples committing suicide in the mainstream newspapers, committing suicide because they saw nothing but a bleak future ahead of being toasted and nothing to drink. So, so this psychopath here says, all right, I made a mistake. He admits that global warming is not happening as he expected. And what did he expect, along with other alarmists like Al Gore, Lovelock, expected rising temperatures to force folks to live in the Arctic. And then it says, um, Lovelock's dire descriptions fell far short of what happened, but a more realistic depiction of the future would have spoiled the book. Good news, after all, does not sell well. Remember that, folks. Good news doesn't sell well. And then another one, too. From the world news, same thing again. The alarmists about climate change. They said the IPPC, right? We're all wrong with predictions as well, etc., etc. And then Max Planck Institute director admits physical causes are unclear. The climate models are inconsistent with observations. Not not so long ago, global warming science was considered settled here, so much so that climate protection has long been institutionalized. And that's true. They actually said they would institutionalize that. What do they mean by that? That means that every class you get in school will, will always bring climate change into it. Uh, any meeting you go to will bring climate change into it. The media will use climate change. It will be in comedies, movies, and everything. And that's how you institutionalize the idea of it till you're all prattling about it. Just now it's all starting to look very, uh, like a very expensive mistake. The threat of a spectacular crumble is becoming real. Michael Odenwald of Warmest News Magazine Focus has written a status report on global warming science called Global Warming, a Matter of Standpoint. As the title suggests, the dispute depends on one how, how one looks at the data, and so the science is becoming more unsettled than ever. German media is beginning to report on the growing number of contradictions. And... Um, David Whitehouse says it's time to recognize the temperature stagnation. So we'll see how, I don't think it will make any difference who comes out and says what, because it's now on the books. It's now on the books. It's what, that's what they want to get it on the books. And the Club of Rome, I remember, came up with the idea of this. The same Club of Rome got authors to, to write about this uh, right after they'd, they'd written the books about the coming ice age that all fell flat on its face as well. Same authors churned out the books. Oh, globe, they're coming. We're going to get toasted. We're all going to get toasted. These are incredibly well-funded organizations, multi-million dollar agendas. And they can hire as many prostitute reporters or writers as they wish. And they do. And lots of these guys, all, the, all these climate guys live on grants. They've never had it so good. Before that, they, could, they were lucky, lucky to get a job on a radio, never mean a TV station reporting on the weather. And now it's, it's all over the place. And another article I'm putting up too is called The Natural Change Project. It's called The Natural Change Project, Catalyzing Leadership for Sustainability. Another part of this whole agenda, you see, all ties together. The report explores how the Natural Change Project can act as a catalyst to social action, to get us all galvanized, you see, and sets out the theories and research evidence that underpin the Natural Change Project. Now, they're using this through schools, even Scotland. Scotland's uh, uh, been a test bed for it, I guess, too. 
It says the report reveals the process of change that took place for the Natural Change Project participants. They actually bring participants in, and then they give them workshops and so on, and then send them off in, into the communities to join your local councils and everything else to get things implemented. They're change agents, in other words. So I'll put this link up for you as well on that, and you can peruse it. Now, for those, as I say, who are who get up past the usual nonsense, they're past, oh, we're going to do something about it, let's vote for somebody. Or let's join this group here, the left-wing group, or the right-wing group, or, or, or the variety that they offer you. That's all it is. They give you a variety of things to choose from, but they're all authorized. They'll all take you in circles. And then they'll take you right back up the path that you didn't want to go in the first place, which was the opposition to it. And it's tragic when people wake up. I do know that. Everyone goes through it. Well, not everyone. A lot don't get to that level. They get stuck going up the ladder. They get stuck on on either the money, just change the money. Absolutely, you got to, you, you need to change the money. That's at the top, but that isn't going to happen. You can't ask them nicely to stop doing all the corrupt stuff with money and, and just printing it up when they could simply bring in money that's debt-free to begin with. They're never going to do that. This is how they have the power over you and the whole planet is through their money system. And it is a cabal. It's been running this for centuries. But um, when you wake up too, uh, don't jump into the political, just get the right guy into politics. That that's, that that's, that's, keeps you going for years and then all your four or five years and they're running and all that stuff and building them up and and if they, if they ever do get in, which some of them don't, some of them do, if they do get in, they'll go 180 degrees from what they promised. Anyway, that's happened in the past. And we're living in an armed camps, for God's sake. We're living in a system where there's no freedom. Where Big Brother is into everything that you do. It's not happy with going through all your emails. I need to read them. I'll put a link up to tonight too with the NSA guy. I'll do it again as I did the night before who admits what they're doing to you. He tells you what they're doing to you. All your records, all your telephone calls, all your Twitters, everything. They've got everything there about you. And they continue to do, even give themselves more powers and more powers and more powers. Until one day you'll have to phone them to, if you, to ask if you can go out the door. They're having riots right now in Poland. And I love how the media spin it in the West because it's different in Poland. They're talking about the new internet laws coming over, about piracy and so on. That's how it's spun here. It's not about that over there. They don't, it's not the piracy aspect they're protesting. It's the overwhelming uh, intrusion into their lives to see what they're all up to and what they're doing. That's what they're protesting because Poland was under the boots of communism for an awful long time. And they, did, they remember that. They remember what the, what the, what the, the, the secret police were up to and everything. And their parents remember it too. So that's where they're protesting, not not because they want to download Hollywood movies for free. But they always spin things when they bring it into the media for the West. And remember too, too the guy who created the WWW, the World Wide Web, said to us, you know, you better take to the streets because obviously this is totalitarianism. And they're not going to stop it with these bills. They want to go further. And they want to have you monitored. And probably with a chip too, they mentioned that in their big articles. Freedom, transparency. So they, they don't back off unless there's mass, 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 mass protests. 
That's as simple as that. That's the only right you have, you understand, is to protest. And now you can't even protest uh, within a certain range of the dignitaries that they bring into the country. So they're as well as putting you in a separate field half a mile away. That's what they call a legal protest today. And if you get protests going, you know you're going to be infiltrated. You know you're going to have the, the, the... They actually rent these guys and send them across the world, just like the color revolutions. And they dress up like you, or they put little masks on their faces, and then they start firebombing things. And, and then you, you all get the bad name. They're, it's even in movies and stuff, how they do it in movies. They've even done that in Canadian, a Canadian movie a while back. They rent these guys from across the world. Okay, wherever you go, okay, this demonstration, where? Okay, we'll be there tomorrow, we'll fly in tomorrow. And then they, they come in amongst them, and then they start smashing windows or, or firebombing police cars. They've got everything sewn up. And these are old, old tactics, you understand. Old, old tactics. But the people are so sick of watching the rice being stripped away. Because once you, you, you reach adulthood, you should have the respect of an adult, not perpetual children. And that's what the government have trained us all to be, perpetual, and to believe we're perpetual children. They call it lifelong learning. It's the update you all the time into the next part, the next part, the next part. But it is tragic, I understand people break through and they get to that, that particular level where they understand all this and they say, what do we do now? They realize everything out there is fake or supplied for you to walk into like a ready-made suit. Join this group, we've got the answers. Join that group. Take your pick, they're all authorized. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt, back cutting through the matrix, talking about the big system. Uh, that's there for you to to live in if you want to really believe in it. And, of course, they, they've figured out all ways to keep you stuck in this matrix for as long as possible. And even they give you options where you think you actually can gain out of it and, and get some freedoms and some rights and, and all the rest of it. We're, we're, we're dealing with thousands of think tanks that work 24 hours every day, year after year, figuring out where we will all go next. They have... They have all our, our stuff on the net. They know what we're thinking, what we're talking, how we're feeling, what our moods are. And they, they work it all out in advance because of that. They have all the data. That's why knowledge is power to them, you see. Now we'll go to Darren in Ireland, if a Darren's hanging on there. Hello, Darren. Hello, Alan. How are you today? Not bad at all. Yeah. You know, I had a chance this week to go uh, check out the Book of Kells in Dublin and also check out North, which is beside Newgrangen. You know, I was looking through these things and I was, I was thinking of how old this system really is and, and you know, how, how we've never really had freedom. And, yeah. you know, I was, you know, you, you, I came to the stage now where I'm thinking, you know, you can't really look at anything to go back because, you know, doc, democracy was always a front. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I think it's really now time for people, and especially over here in Ireland now, because we have a referendum coming up. And even if you vote no or yeah, it's still going to go through. Like, yeah. 
going to have to try and now because it really is a, a pint of no return or we could we could even have come by the pint of no return mm-hmm. so you know I, th- I think people should really just really start to look at themselves and look at their own life now and really want to see because if, if we stand back now it's, it's going to be hell on earth as it Absolutely. is already yeah you know they're, they're getting themselves into a stage where, where they can never do anything about it, you see, because any further, literally, there's nothing you could... And that's what, again, Bertrand Russell said back in the 20s and 30s, he says, the coming system, the, the scientific system they're bringing in, is scientific control of the minds and so on. And, and he said um, the public won't even know what's happening to them as they're manipulated by specialists from a, and using marketing strategies too, you know, Madison Avenues and all the big marketing boys are professionals in mass persuasion. And so he said once it's in, and again, it was echoed by Aldous Huxley uh, with his interviews with Tom Wallace, Michael Wallace and other ones too, he said that uh, he doesn't see that once when the scientific dictatorship is completely installed and there and working, that, that the public could ever, ever figure or even fight their way out of it that would be pretty well impossible and we're pretty well at that stage yeah. you know uh, I, I just noticed I just want to ask you a quick question I've noticed in your old shows you kind of touch a lot more in, in the ancient history but I, I kind of come to realise that you could really spend your whole life looking in the past and you know it is like nearly a form of mental masturbation because mm-hmm. you could spend your whole life reading about the past but I think with your shows you kind of grapple you know that that it was all, also even the past was also a front and a complete yeah. system on its own. So, what do you think now is the next step? Really, is is it just it's, we can only have it's the only time now to really just stand up and really demand something to change now? Yeah, what the, what what I've done in society is the same tactics of using and Kissinger messenger in, in the Middle East. They would divide and conquer and divide and conquer until the people could never unify together. Now, we've already had that go through the Western countries via the socialist side arm. That's what they were used for. Uh, people won't stand together. Uh, even men and women won't stand together anymore. I mean, they've divided everybody. Uh, younger people won't stand with the older, etc. Uh, and it's time that they've got to start standing, just like they're doing in Poland. Because, as I say, it's nothing to do with uh, piracy. It's to do with big, big brother all intrusive into every aspect of their lives. You cannot allow that to happen because it just gets worse and worse until you must ask them permission to go out and come in at night. You who wants to live like that and still call yourself a, a human being? But thanks for calling. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night, me or God, your God's go with you.